Now there's no need to worry, Chris. There's no demon that's going to take over our souls. to episode number four of the Between the Cracks podcast. I'm your host, Bill, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Chris. Chris, I have a rather important question for you tonight. How are you? I don't know why that was important, but I'm great, Bill. Oh, it's an important question, pal, because our listener wants to know how you're doing. (laughs) Tonight, we are going to be doing something a little bit different. We're going to be talking about the curse of the Poltergeist films. For those of you that don't know, the Poltergeist films were a series of three very popular films released throughout the 1980s that dealt with the haunting of a family who had purchased a home that was built on a burial ground. Am I correct, Chris? Yes. We are led to believe, however, that the cemetery, if you will, was moved entirely before the house was built but that wasn't the case was it bill oh no 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 as the father in the film the great craig t nelson says in that famous line you moved the graystones but you left the bodies something like that yeah something to that effect here is what really gets the ball rolling as far as the curse because we're going to be talking about all these bizarre things that later on down the road happen Um, to the cast and crew of these Poltergeist films. And a lot of people claim that it was due to the fact in one of the most famous scenes when the mother, played by Jo Beth Williams, falls into the pool that they were having built in, you know, some muddy fucking scene. And, you know, the, the, the pool is under construction. And you begin to see these skeletons rising to the top you know, as she's trying to survive in this uh, fucking storm. Now, it's a creepy-looking scene, but what makes it even crazier is that those were real skeletons. They weren't plastic props. And the reason that they used real skeletons, and believe this or not, it was cheaper to have, I believe, a couple hundred skeletons imported from India. Is that where they came from, Chris? I I think so, but... The crazy thing is, she didn't know they were real <laughs> when she was next to them. She found out afterwards. So, like, that would be something I'd want to know, heads up. Because maybe maybe the reason she didn't get a heads up is because if she did know, she'd be like, fuck you. Well, now looking looking back on it in retrospect, I mean, you can kind of see what appears to be some skin. Yeah. You know, teeth, hair. I mean, they, they, they're... I was going to say they look authentic. Well... That's because they fucking were. Oh, my God. They're not even, like, right. They're not even, like, complete skeletons. They still have... They're, like, decomposing. Jesus. I mean, you would think that it'd be cheaper just to buy a couple plastic ones. I mean, you know, if you've got a couple skeletons laying around, don't you have to dig them up, put in all that labor, have them shipped over here? I mean, you would think you'd just go to Michael's and get a couple of them. You'd think maybe that Spielberg had some skeletons in the closet, no? (laughs) Oh... Maybe he does. According to many, they believe that that 
fact alone created this curse on this film. The fact that they would use real human skeletons for a movie prop. And, you know, as we come to find out by the rest of the things that we're going to report on, they might have a case. Yeah. Uh, creepy. There's there's deaths. There's potential hauntings. Even maybe possessions of dolls. I mean, we're going to go through some pretty freaky shit uh, on this one. And uh, you can decide whether or not you think this is curse or coincidence well you know i i had was thinking of like for some reason i looked up uh films of the 80s and then poltergeist came up and i was like you know what i wonder what ever happened to that older sister she was kind of hot you know i haven't seen her in any films so i wanted to look her up i click on the wiki page for poltergeist look at the cast and i find her and you know shocking to me i didn't even know this but we're talking and we're talking about actress dominique dunn who played the older sister in the film, she was murdered by her boyfriend shortly after the release of the film back in 1982. She was strangled one night in October when they were having a domestic argument. I guess he had shown up at her place. They had broken up and she didn't want anything to do with him. He wouldn't accept that. So he began strangling her. And as a result, she died a few days later from her injuries. So that was the first bit of tragic news that came into play for this cast and crew. And at the time of her death, I believe she was only 22 years old. Yeah, very, you know, very obviously very tragic. Uh, you know, everyone, everyone off on the set might, you know, you know, they're a famous actor, actress, but off the set, obviously we all have our own problems. And, you know, she was in a abusive relationship which is just something that can happen to anybody so it's pretty crazy though she's right after the release of the first movie i believe that the film came out in june or july and by october she had passed away so she didn't really get a chance to to see the success that the film would eventually have so that happened after the release of the first movie but something bizarre happened during the filming of the first movie and to to me, this is at the top of the list for me in terms of freakiness because we all remember the. If you saw the first movie, you know the scene that I'm about to talk about, and that is when uh, Robbie uh, is in his room and he has, for whatever reason, this freaky-looking clown <laughs> sitting in a rocking chair in his room. Let me be the first to say, "Fuck that clown." <laughs> That clown nearly ruined my childhood. Uh, I mean, you could you could name a list of top most or worst clown moments, and I'm sure it would be up there. But this one's up there for me. Yeah, this this thing is way scarier than that fucking clown from it. Goddamn arms are a country mile long. So he's sitting in his bed, looking at this clown in a, in a rocking chair. There's a storm going around, so it's making things a little more freakier. Right? Lightning flashing, and you know, he's closing his eyes, and then he opens them again, and the the chair's rocking, but the clown's no longer there. And so, you just gotta be nuts to look under your bed at this point. But he looks under his bed, and to his surprise, there's nothing under there. What are but, you doing, you stupid little shit? <laughs> but as he comes back to the top of his bed again, 
oh, there's the clown. And it is right behind him. <laughs> and it has a very sinister look on its face. Oh, my God. The face changes on the goddamn thing. Oh, my God. Uh, this this is it for you. You probably closed your eyes in this part if you're watching the movie. And the arms of said clown begin to wrap around Robbie's neck. Now, this is the part that's crazy. So... During the movie, you remember the arms, they start stretching to about two to three hundred miles long and <laughs> wrap around Robbie's neck a good 60 times. And the choking part. So this was an animatronic clown. Just obviously they needed to use something with animatronics to give the effects of the arms moving, the face. So during the film, Spielberg realizes while they're doing one of the scenes, this scene here that Robbie's face begins to look blue. And what they didn't realize was the clown with the animatronic arms were, were actually choking Robbie. Well, Oliver Robbins is the actor. They were choking Oliver's neck. So he was actually losing oxygen. And they quickly noticed this, and they grabbed the clown and remove him from his neck. I think Spielberg actually jumped on set. Yeah crazy i think yeah i think he's the one that that discovered it just freaking if, if i'm little robbie if i'm little robbie i'm putting on my sneakers <laughs> grabbing my little bag my lunch my, i'm grabbing my little uh brown paper bag with my lunch in it and i'm fucking gone i'm splitting <laughs> taking your gummies and you're fucking out of there because you you know that he's going to have to film the scene over again like i mean that so when he does the scene from which we actually see in the film, it is the the fear in his face is so authentic because <laughs> he was nearly killed by this thing in real life. Uh, can you imagine if that's the scene they took for for the effect? <laughs> My God, man! Yeah, could you imagine? Yeah, but you know that's that. So that was that was one red flag. I mean, that's huge. Especially for people who don't like clowns, like myself, you know, and and a majority of the people out there, but. Particularly, this one just has a very odd look to it. Now, the mother, who played by Joe Beth Williams, she had claimed when she was offset and going back to her home at night that she would come back to find the pictures on her wall all disheveled, like as if they were, had been like moved out of position, and literally every single picture that was on her wall. And she said that this happened throughout the course of filming. So we pick up on little things like that. And there were various other little reports from cast members and crew members of bizarre things taking place. But that was one that was really made uh, note of because obviously it was one of the main characters of the film. Plus the incident that happened with uh, Oliver Robbins. So you're now dealing with these two bizarre incidences followed by the death of Dominique Dunn, who was murdered shortly after the film was completed. So now, I mean, these are the instances that we're dealing with in Poltergeist number one, which leads us into the second movie, Poltergeist 2, The Other Side, which was released four years later in 1986. Now, I'm sure most of you are going to remember the scariest thing in this film, which was that old, creepy fucking guy who was played by Julian Beck, and I believe he played the role of the Reverend, Reverend Kane. You remember this guy, don't you, Chris? 
do I ever fucking every night when I go to sleep. This guy has haunted my dreams since this movie was released. This is just one of those faces that you don't forget. Just extremely creepy. I mean, it fit perfectly into the movie. Yeah, so we find out that he, he dies after filming his role in this film. But, you know, and we don't know if this has anything to do with the curse that we're talking about. But, unfortunately, uh, actor Julian Beck had been suffering from stomach cancer uh, at the time of the filming. It lends itself to the physical appearance which they were trying to convey on screen. Um, and it gave him a very ominous look. Yeah, I remember him walking up to the door in this movie. And you yes. see him kind of just coming down the street. And he he comes up to the door and he just looks... He's talking to Carol Ann, I believe, right? He, he kind of like leans down yeah. and oh my God, Eddie starts singing and he just everything about it is just creepy. You just know something's not right here. Um, Dude, he may be worse than the clown. Because <laughs> he's real. Yeah. Um, I- <laughs> but unfortunately, you know, obviously him, him passing uh, of stomach cancer but and right right can we can we chalk this one up as a curse maybe i mean he he did battle with it for 18 months you know obviously people are going to be ill outside of the movie and uh but it just because of the nature of the film it just it adds to this whole thing i think and i mean he gave an amazing performance having been that sick yeah I, i mean you're right i mean his he does look very sickly in the movie so that's probably just how he looked, you know? Yeah, what were we talking almost 30 years, 35 years later, and we're still talking about his character in that film. All right. So, I mean, that's a testament to how great of an actor he was. Now, unfortunately, Beck was not the only cast member to have passed away shortly thereafter the film. Uh, most of you will remember Will Sampson, who played the Native American shaman in Poltergeist 2. Um, now, the interesting thing here, which is kind of crazy, is that, and correct me if I'm wrong, Chris, he actually performed an exorcism on set? Yeah, they were trying to cleanse the set of any evil spirits. That's just a fucking, I'll, I'll see, I'm out of there. <laughs> yeah, That's a red flag. And the crazy thing is, seeing as the person who was trying to cleanse the set ends up being the one that dies. I mean, that's just... It's like, you know, you hear and see all these <laughs> things that are going on. And now, now imagine the stuff that's going on that hasn't been reported. So you knowingly take a job in this film or on this set. I mean, you're, you're really playing with danger. Self-destruct sequence activated. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's definitely. I mean, it, we're, we're, it's not over there. In fact, the probably the most well known. I mean, I don't remember this happening, but this the cast member Heather O'Rourke. Uh, she was Carol Ann. Everyone knows that she's in all the movies. Um, when it comes to now 1988 which is when the third poltergeist is released uh she dies unexpectedly uh right after release right this was post production yes and uh she has some sort of a 
blockage, uh, an obstruction in her uh, stomach, and ends up dying of septic shock at the age of 12. Poltergeist 3, which was released in 1988, was the least successful of uh, the trilogy. Um, and you can see in the film itself that Heather just doesn't look the same as she did in the original and the sequel. Um, I mean, granted, she was getting older and whatnot, but she just doesn't look as healthy as she did in the first two films. So, obviously, she was sick during the filming because her death occurred so shortly afterwards. Yeah. uh, So, it's, you know, this is now the fourth death we're talking about, right? And just all going from including the the bizarre thing that happened on set in the first one, in the first Poltergeist, we're now talking about just after the third Poltergeist. So this has all been happening right around either, you know, between movies or just after the movies. It's all, you know, this is all really, if you want to say, correlated to this curse. Well, I mean, we're talking in a matter of six to seven years because Poltergeist, the, the original Poltergeist was released in 82, and then in 88, Poltergeist 3 came out. So we're talking six to seven years for all of these tragedies to occur. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, it's it's pretty insane. Um, and you can see why people are have kind of brought up this, the attention of this curse uh, going on. And obviously the nature of the film, too. Just, you know, if you recall, this... this curse that happens in the movie this you know these these um poltergeist apparitions and whatnot they follow the family right so it's not it's not always the house it's kind of them right it's always following them so it's kind of crazy how like these cast members you know these these things aren't happening on the set with the exception of robbie they're happening off the set so it's just kind of spooky how it how these are happening yeah it's just following them, yeah. Now, it starts to go a little farther outside the realm of the movies. Now, Heather was an avid collector of Cabbage Patch dolls, which was a huge sensation back in the 80s. And, and you can Google this. There's pictures with her, you know, with all these Cabbage Patch dolls around her. Apparently, her mother put some up for sale on eBay for fans to buy after her death or a couple of years after her death. And there were reports that one family had purchased one of the dolls with a letter of authenticity from, I believe the mother. Am I right, Chris? Yeah. Yeah. This is um, a family in Sacramento and uh, they, you know, obviously, well, I don't know what you're really thinking if you're buying a doll off of somebody who you child that you knew died, but, uh, you know, they're, they're, they get this thing they bring it home. And obviously, like you're saying, cabbage patch, cabbage patch dolls were a very, very popular doll in that time. And (laughs) what do you feel about dolls, Bill? (laughs) Well, rule number one, never buy a used doll. Rule number two, never buy the doll of a child that had died. I mean, 
that's just playing with fire. I don't even like taking any used toys in general. Uh, I'll share a quick story with you. Years ago, my sister-in-law gave my daughter a mirror, right? And it's this weird little, it was like, a, I don't know, it, had like a, it looked like kind of like a circus-themed mirror that was given to her by her co-worker. So I this, I got a bad vibe from this fucking thing right away. I didn't want to hang it on, uh, on, door, on my daughter's uh, closet door. She kept bugging me. I finally decided to do it. And one night, the night that the thing was up, you know, I would close this closet door when the thing was in it. You'd op- you'd have to open it up for the close for the, you'd have to open up the closet in order for the mirror to be seen. It was on that side of the closet door. So I would keep the door closed at night. And then one night I had gotten woken up probably about two in the morning and whatnot to find something blinking underneath the door, which it. You know, I had to obviously go check it out because I thought it might have been a fire or something because something was flashing orange and red and whatnot. My daughter, and it ends up that it was my daughter's dress that was hanging on the, that was hanging on a hanger in her closet. It was one of those dresses that has lights in it or some shit like that, but the dress is battery operated and it has to be turned on and the dress had not been worn for I mean, my God, uh, upwards of a year. So that was one weird little thing. You know, maybe the kids were playing with it and the thing goes off, I, you know, whatever. So that's night number one. Now, night number two brings a whole new level of crazy shit. So I'm down here, and all of a sudden, it's the middle of the night, checking on the kids, and I hear laughing coming from the closet. Now... Fuck that. I noticed that both of my kids are in bed, so it's not one of them. But being the dad I am, I have to go check. I just can't leave them alone down here. <laughs> the fucking ghost. <laughs> I'd run the other way. <laughs> so I open up their closet door where this fucking mirror is again. And there is a little toy that I bought her when she was a baby that you need to press the stomach in order to get the thing laughing okay so the thing is just sitting there giggling at me it was this little brown bear it wasn't a scary looking thing or whatnot but it just had this crazy cackle you know it was just laughing it was laughing it's laughing in your face yeah over and over again so that was it for that mirror i took that thing outside uh, i believe it was like three or four in the morning took that thing outside and put it right in the goddamn garbage Giving to another unsuspecting victim, yeah. you know, if they find it. But the the story doesn't end there. Apparently, the coworker that gave my sister in law this mirror to give to me was having odd experiences at the time. So the moral of the story is: just do not accept used fucking toys. Oh my god! And, and mirrors. So believe what you want, right? So can objects be possessed? Not just, you know, apparitions and stuff. Sometimes there's belief of, you know, that that objects, dolls. It doesn't have to necessarily even be a doll. Like, this mirror could be possessed. So, the reason we brought up... Oh, fuck that. I'll never look in a mirror at night anyway. (laughs) Right. That's too That old thing, uh, what does it say? If you say Bloody Mary three times. Bloody Mary? Yeah. Uh, Why don't you try that tonight, Chris? (laughs) I've never tried that. For for whatever reason, even if I, well, gulp. 
Well, I always say I don't believe in it. I don't believe in it. I don't believe <laughs> then in it. it happens. I mean, that doesn't mean I'm going to fucking <laughs> yeah. try it. So that's kind of where we, the reason we brought this Cabbage Patch doll up, uh, the one that was sold by Heather's family, was because there was an experience that happened with this family that purchased the doll. So let's start off by saying the doll arrived on October 30th. We know damn well what the next day is. Fucking Halloween. Well, the interesting thing there, too, is October 30th was the day that Dominique Dunn was strangled back in 1982. Oh, shit. So this shit just gets creepier and creepier. Right, so they they have this doll now, and the anniversary of this this couple that that had purchased this uh, doll was November 1st, right? So just two days later. Uh, While there, uh, they got a call, and the wife's stepbrother had been in a terrible accident in a game of soccer. Ruptured spleen, spleen, broken ribs, internal bleeding, hospitalized five days, right? Three days after that, this guy's father-in-law becomes ill. Within two days, he's in a coma. After that, uh, he was diagnosed with encephalitis. Remains in a coma for another five to six days where he almost dies. Wakes up after a nine-day stint, and he's in rehab. It, it just keeps, things just keep happening. December 2nd, the wife's out with a friend and uh, commits suicide by gunshot. December 8th, this is just six days after that, another friend of theirs dies of heart failure at the age of 33. Then after that, the, uh, one of the, their mothers uh, has this really bad pain, ends up going to have surgery, and uh, well, that's not really frightening at all, is it? <laughs> 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 we won't even get to the part about the dog's tooth. <laughs> it was reported that the dog had a single a tooth. tooth removed. Uh, just absolutely petrifying. Um, so there's just medical conditions after another. Then on the 26th of January, the wife gets hospitalized for a rare intestinal infection. I mean, countless things start happening to this family to the point where, you know, uh, after losing several people in their families to, to deaths, uh, now their their marriage apparently is struggling due to this. It, there's just a number of things that just completely snowball after this. Well, it's purchase. almost like you're letting that, that entity into your life, and now it's starting to take hold of whatever it can. You know? Yeah, and it's just like, obviously people have a bad run of luck sometimes, but... The, the coincidence behind them purchasing this doll and then mere days, things just start really just going downhill for them. And you just got to think, you know, if you, if you have any inkling that this doll could have anything to do with it, get that fucking thing out. I mean, now may I make a little assumption, Chris? I'm going to assume they got rid of the doll. Uh, you would think they got rid of the doll. Uh, but they instead, I think they actually, where is it, buddy? <laughs> I think the thing exercised, they, they call up a paranormal investigator and he, apparently this 
Paul Dale Roberts has worked on a, a ton of cases uh, since 2006, and he also believed about this poltergeist curse. So he's saying how when a person around gets around the negative energy, something bad could happen to them. They could get sick, uh, or someone close to them could get sick, or there can be a death. And obviously that this is what's been happening to them. But he believes that Dahl was responsible for their misfortunes. Well, it, it makes you wonder because if you if you Google a picture of Heather with Cabbage Patch dolls, you know, there there's upwards of what? I think the 18 of them? So, I mean, who knows? Were the other ones sold too? Or, you know, does her family have them or whatnot? You know, like, fuck that. I mean, I get people who are into horror films and, and want collector's items, but that yeah, that's beyond yeah, yeah. me. You just... I mean, if you want to talk about something even more eerie, uh, so we were discussing about this case yesterday, the first time we actually <laughs> looked into it a little bit. We are investigating this case, and we talked about the Cabbage Patch Dolls, which is what we're talking about now, uh, and this was the first time we had discovered this article. So, obviously, we're creeped out by anything that involves a doll, so we figured, yeah, we got to throw this in. Uh, what happened last night bill oh i'm glad you asked well lo and behold you know you, you get on facebook and you got the little fucking memories thing that come up so you scan through your memories the things you posted a year before a couple years prior picture pops up of my daughter from three years ago holding two cabbage patch dolls in her hand now i haven't seen these fucking dolls in this house i i'm really hoping that my wife did not buy them on ebay <laughs> ebay because as of right now, I do not know the whereabouts of the aforementioned Cabbage Patch dolls. Uh, my man, you better find those and burn them. Because <laughs> the the dolls that were per- the doll that was purchased in this happened in 2015, and you're dating this back to 2017. So, so maybe uh, part two of this episode is going to uh, contain a little uh, blurb about me and my misfortunes. I mean, let's let's not discount this as some sort of just crazy coincidence think of how think of the chances of this all right we just talked about this case for the first time this article about the doll for the first time yesterday and that very night bill gets a fucking memory pop-up about two cabbage pastels that his daughter was clutching in either arm i mean that just that scared the shit out of me i i don't I, well that, that's why we and, and that's a reason we didn't research this uh, too much, Chris. We don't want to bring on. <laughs> we didn't want to bring on any bad, uh, bad vibes oh, our way. I think we've already done it, soldier. <laughs> what do we do now, soldier? Fuck. I mean, yeah, I mean, I've always been interested in um, this story. You know, like it was one of the best horror films uh, of the '80s. You know, and it still stands up today. It's just really unfortunate that, you know, you know the backdrop to, you know, the the misfortunes of the um, cast and crew. But, you know, I think that also adds to the aura of the film itself in an, in an odd way. Oh, absolutely. I mean, now now hearing about that, it just makes you want to watch the movies again. But uh, perhaps not yeah. alone at night. But, yes, watch those movies again. And... Um, you know, this is obviously something, 
I know, whatever, we've, we haven't really touched base on cases like this before. I don't know how many of there will be more like this in the future, but you just can't avoid something like this. It's interesting because it's, you know, I always say, and I don't believe in this shit, but on the same token, I'm not going to push it too <laughs> yeah. far. Uh, when push comes to shove, we're just going to leave it be. Uh, when push comes to shove, I'm going to run. <laughs> uh, but I believe, Bill, you said you were going to try to track down these two dolls, right? And then you were going to do a seance, or was that something? <laughs> oh, I'm going to track them down, all right. <laughs> and they're going to suffer the same fate as that fucking mirror. Uh, is there something you might want to do if one of these dolls were to approach you? Uh... See, at 3 a.m.? <laughs> well, let me tell you one thing, pal. If one of them has the balls to approach me, I will be certain to split the uprights from 97 yards out with that little fucking bald bastard's head. <laughs> I believe that uh, would break your record for the last kick. Was the 96 yarder, <laughs> I believe? Oh, right through the uprights. A new record. Uh, yeah, I mean, all in all, I mean, nobody likes dolls. I don't like dolls to begin with. And I especially don't like used dolls. And I don't like dolls that belong to dead kids i just come on yeah you just got to use your head here folks but there's there's probably going to be another case we speak about a doll uh what was the doll that we were looking into yesterday oh we are going to be doing an upcoming episode on robert the doll now i have been lucky enough to get chris entry into the into the museum at night so he will be with robert by his lonesome taking pictures of Robert against his will. And from there, we're going to see what happens. Chris has left the chat. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> well, and also, we have to cover Robert the dog because he's, he's another, another terrifying little freak. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, dolls, dolls are creepy, but you just something about them. You just want to investigate them. You know, it's, and it's some way they're. It's actually like the, in some ways they're creepier than dealing with actual criminals. You know, it's just it's just a mind fuck. I know it's just their faces. They're they're they. Well, you hope they never change, but like they just stay in that <laughs> same that, that same. I would take. I well, I should fucking hope that they stay the same. <laughs> uh, if that thing even does one little smirk, it's getting a left hook. <laughs> oh shit. All right, well, this was a pretty fun one, you know. So if you guys have any um, interesting stories that you want to tell us that we can mention on the show about creepy dolls, bizarre entities, or anything paranormal that you have experienced in your life, you can reach out to us on our Facebook page, which is Between the Cracks Podcast, or you can find us on Instagram, which is Between the Cracks Podcast. Or you can email us at btcpod2020 at gmail. Once again, that's btcpod2020 at gmail.com. And we will see you guys next week. If Bill survives the dolls. (laughs) Well, Chris, best of luck to you, pal. Because next week you're on your own. (laughs) Oh, my God. All right. Let's wrap this fucker up. All right. We will see you guys next week.
but who knows? I'm not doing shit. <laughs> <laughs> as long as he's fucking dolls, leave me alone. I'll be good. <laughs>